Hey guys, it's your girl Etta, also known as the CEO paralegal, author, legal consultant, legal educator, and of course, your host of the Let's Talk Paralegal podcast. Join in on the fun by downloading, subscribing, and sharing our content. You can also take your support further by hitting the coin icon on the Let's Talk Paralegal website, where as a thank you, we will provide you with exclusive content, news, and maybe even some swag. So what are you waiting for? Hit pause and share your support now. In this episode, I get to speak with Harry Spate, founder and author of Selling with Dignity. In a world where we are constantly being sold something via commercials, social media, general ads, you name it, we have to come to the realization that selling is everywhere. So we talk about the world of selling and how to put the human aspects back into it. Listen in for more. Need an extra set of hands for a case that requires a little more investigation work? Check out our proud sponsor of Season 3, Affirm Investigative Solutions, where you get the tailored and personal care for your case when you need it most. With over 10 years of experience, Affirm Investigative Solutions makes the process easy. Set up a call, develop a plan, and then execute that plan. Affirm Investigative Solutions the litigation partner that has your back. Law schools. And we forget that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think of the things that you said about uh, yoga and I think meditation, but an earlier conversation, that's not something you've done your entire life, correct? No, no. Right. And so what changed? Happened when my dad passed away. So my dad passed away about seven years ago, going on eight. And I just needed, I'm also Catholic, you know, so, you know, we do the whole Catholic thing. We go to church and the whole thing, mm-hmm. but um, yoga really taught me how to control my mind versus mm-hmm. my mind being controlled, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Um, and so that's really what has really grounded me. And my journey really started there. Yeah. Right. And if, if I imagine most everyone has tried to meditate at one time or another in their lives, and they have said things like, meditation is not for me because I cannot keep my mind focused on nothing for more than five seconds. Mm -hmm. So we've all said that, but like, so with yoga meditation is look, the thoughts are going to come, right? They're they're going, the distractions are going to come, but we recognize we become aware that the distraction is there and we watch it pass by and then go back to what we're, you know, to the meditation. Well, that in itself is a challenge, but for those who do it, and I struggle with it, you know, I, you know, do it for a minute, a couple of minutes here, you know, once in a while I get really good. I can do like 20 minutes. Then I find someone that can do two hours of meditation is like, how? how? (laughs) But, but what that does though, is it, it can help us, like you said, to be in control of our mind. And, you know, I think there's something out there. I don't know where, if it's in the media, if it's in the movies over the years, but very stressful people act rudely. Oh, yes. And there's no one that's under duress that is pleasant and kind, right? They're always portrayed as monsters, so to speak. Well, that's a narrative we don't have to listen to. Yeah. And I, re- I was just talking to someone recently who said that uh, 
the per- the person just had this incredible outburst. It's one of those people that can have this ridiculous outburst with people in his staff and then feel like it's okay because he gets over it in a minute and everyone else has to deal with it for the next few weeks because they're questioning, you know, how good they are and so forth. Right. But he's gotten over it already. The moment he leaves the room, that person gets over it. Mm -hmm. And the response was, do you understand what kind of stress I'm dealing with? Well, you're taking it out on people that don't deserve that kind of treatment. Your stress is not their stress, right? right? And the fact that we choose to live that way and berate others because we're under stress, we'd have to question, is that really the human thing to do? Is that the right thing to do? And all of those who are in those positions well, they'll say things like, well, you know, people just need to man up. They need to toughen up. Mm-hmm. Who are we to judge, right? Who? I mean, I've been, I've, I've lost it on people. Don't get me wrong. I have lost it on people before. And I walked away and I even called my employer and said, look, I just lost it on somebody. Uh, if you want to write me up, I, I, I deserve it, right? <laughs> because it's just, I had one of those moments, but I, you know, I apologize. You got to apologize and just say, is this who I really want to be? And I think that's what's missing in a lot of cases today. And it's like, we don't need that, to be that way. What was it? I think it's 90% of life is all about reaction, how you react mm. to situations. Yeah, that and, makes sense. Um, that's, that's really, really powerful. Um, you know, and like you said, with the outbursts and everything, I have a perfect example um, that I, I've already introduced on the podcast, but it was an attorney, same thing, you know, wasn't even part of our law firm, but rented from that space and had an outburst in the middle of the room. And, mm. you know, we're just like, you know, and I, I handled it pretty well, given my current status, mm-hmm. <laughs> my current mental status, because I okay. was very like focused on the client, yeah. making sure the client was going to be fine you know, and the first thing he said, well, the client should have been in the conference room. I'm like, well, that language doesn't need to be in this, you know, atmosphere, you know, Mm -hmm. at at all. Like it should not exist very derogatory towards this paralegal. And he just said, really, like if he, I'm telling you, like my father always said, I never disrespected you. I never have put you down. If anything, I've always supported you and this and that, you know, and he went down the list when I went back when I went to the workforce, like to actually work in an office setting where it was primarily dominated by men because the legal industry, when I started, it was just like, there was not one female, you know, unless it was like an assistant or a secretary, there was not one female in authority at that point. And so my father was kind of giving me that pep talk, kind of like telling you, Hey, I led by example. Nobody else should be treating you that way. Even if your own father doesn't treat you that way. Is basically what the synopsis of the conversation was or the mm-hmm. pep talk, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, I, here I am, see a man, right, being derogatory to a female. And that, like, that conversation that happened by that time was, like, almost a decade, you mm-hmm. know, after, kind of triggered in my mind. And I went on fight mode, you know? I was like, yeah. oh, you know, I'm not yeah. letting this happen under my watch. Um, but then, like, my mom being like, you have to be the better person, this and that, you know, my, my parents were like that perfect balance. Yeah. And I, go, and I was like, okay, so I am going to fight back, but not in the way that I, you know, I shouldn't meet them where they're at at that point, right? So I like it. I finished with the client, did everything I had to do, let the client know that that person did not work with us because I did not want to bat it a review. And I went into his office and I said, listen, 
nobody deserves to be spoken that way especially because he went to the copy room and started you know spitting stuff at me i was like i'm a round person right <laughs> so, no 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 i don't care what kind of day you're having not yeah. my day um you know and you. it could have been handled a lot differently that could have mm-hmm. gone south real quick especially me i'm very fiery very uh, yeah i'm hispanic so we all have that hot <laughs> blood in us no matter what you know and oh man i was ready to take off the hoops um yeah. so you know it was and i was very hot-headed for a very long time um when i was younger i was always hot-headed i was competitive mm-hmm. oh, i was so competitive um, I always wanted to be the best, always, you know, had that perfectionism mindset. Um, yep. And it's really hard, right? Because when you're in it, kind of like when you're in it, like you don't notice it. You it's don't like so nothing, hard. right? It's yep. really hard to get out of it because yep. you dug your hole so deep. And so even when people come up to you and tell you, hey, you should have handled that a little differently. Or when you're listening to a podcast about this conversation or when you're reading an article or a book or whatever the case may be. What if you're not ready, like you said, going back to your point, if you're not ready to receive it, it means nothing. Mm-hmm. It means totally. Nothing. Yeah. So what got you? Do it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so you, I sense the fiery, the compet, the fieriness, the competitiveness, but you obviously have toned it down to where you can run a business. And so what helped you do that? Um, a lot of things. I, I think a combination of things. I think it was more of obviously my yoga journey really helped me because it calmed my mind and it made me come back to um, my reality, like the reality that I wanted always mm-hmm. all along, uh, cleared out all the, what they call the the distractions, right? And really makes you focus on, okay, who is Eva? Not as a mom, not as the wife, not as the daughter, like who is the core of Eva and what do you want Eva to be five years from now, mm-hmm. a day from now, whatever mm-hmm. that looks like. Right. And so yoga really helped me with grounding. Um, I also went to therapy. Mental health mm-hmm. therapy is a great, <laughs> mm-hmm. great avenue for anybody, yeah. um, regardless of what you're going through. It's always nice to speak to a non-biased person that has no connections to your community, you know, to, to yeah. Radio. Why do you think that's so looked down upon? I, you know, I think it's because, um, like everything else in life, it's been portrayed like you're crazy or like mm. there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. When in reality, it's the opposite. Everybody's going through something. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going through whatever it is. Everybody has had their traumas, their grief. Yeah. Right. In my case, it was grief. Um, and everybody has had their generational bias, right? Because yeah. we all take down all that generation stuff that has been brought down to us. You know, luckily mm-hmm. I wasn't in the mindset or that gender. I had just missed the mindset of, well, women stay in the house and don't work, right? Because mm. that was my mm-hmm. mom's kind of yeah. generation. Yeah. But my mom grew up where she was able to, you know, go to school and work and, you know, uh, all that stuff. So I didn't grow up with that because my mom kind of put a stop to that right there. Yeah. Um, Good. There are a lot of women out there that grow up in that, which is generational trauma and a lot mm-hmm. of things, you know, patriarchal hierarchy and whatever you want to name it. Everybody yeah. has their name for it. But mm-hmm. um, and on top of that, I really I wanted to change. Mm-hmm. I said, it's time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I woke up one day and I don't know if it's called a midlife crisis or just a wake up call for me. You're too young for midlife, young yeah, lady. Right? I'm like, it was just a wake up call. I literally, it was just a day where they say a day changes you. Mm-hmm. It really did. Like I woke mm-hmm. up one day and I said, 
I just want better. Mm -hmm. I want better for me. I want better for my family and whatever I have to do, I'm mm -hmm. going to do. But yeah. I didn't realize at the time that that meant I needed to completely change my mindset and the way I mm -hmm. thought things and the way I reacted to situations. And I didn't know how deep it went until I went, you know, I'm still in the journey, but mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, it, it, it doesn't stop. Um, yeah. and, and every day you just learn something different about you, about what triggers you, about why you react to certain things. There's always mm -hmm. reasons when, you know, you see a movie and something triggers you and you cry, there's something there, you know, that, yeah. that, that means something in that situation triggered you. Um, so it's a little bit of everything, I think. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the first thing you do when you feel like you're whatever, that something has, I, I use the word trigger, but trigger can be so weird today. So I'm just, <laughs> but something that really sets you off. Oh, yeah. What it, can I ask that question? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, when I see people being mistreated, or yep. being misguided or mm -hmm. being steered a different way, you mm -hmm. know, just to put it kind of general, I, I don't, you know, I, that's why I coach and that's why mm -hmm. I mentor because mm -hmm. I was there. Mm -hmm. I was that person where the attorney would say I was doing everything wrong. It was all my fault. Like if there was nobody else in the office, um, you know, and I started believing those lies and I started believing those you know, statements. And I was already in a bad place when that happened to me, mm -hmm. which is what triggered me to open up my or ignited my fire mm -hmm. to open up my my business. Um, because I didn't want this to happen to anybody else, which is why I created the podcast in this platform and why I call it a safe place. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people um, do not either don't let people in don't let you know, and don't let themselves be vulnerable, because either they were hurt, or they don't want to get hurt, because they don't want to know what that feels like. Um, and so when I, when I hear stories about, oh, I just left the legal industry because the attorneys were just so toxic mm -hmm. or the environment was just super competitive and nobody wanted to work together. When I hear things like that, I'm just, oh, you know, that just like, it kills me because these are really good professionals that we're losing in such an important industry that literally holds the entire country in their hands. If it wasn't for our legal system, if it wasn't for our justice system, mm. we, the society could not run in in general, right? Mm, so if right. bad people can do bad things all day long with no repercussion, what kind of world would that be like? Right. Um, if if innocent people didn't get their day in court or whatever, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, if you got, if anybody could just hit your car and that would be it, right? Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of things in life that happen to us or to someone that we love and care about that we see day in and day out. It's not perfect. Nothing in life is perfect. That's why us as legal professionals need to really cultivate and create this environment where we can all thrive versus mm. it being pinned against each other, right? Yeah. Because there's no way that this industry or this justice or justice to be served. That's why I always say until justice is served. That's mm -hmm. like my thing at the end of the every, every sign off. Um, because we won't get justice served unless we actually can become servants because we are servant of the people. And mm -hmm. I think some people just don't understand that reality right now. And that's really why I do what I do because it's like, that's, 
I think that is the key to everything. And I'm doing it right now through education, obviously conversations um, that people are so afraid to have for some reason. Um, and maybe not afraid. I think they're just not, again, I think it's just more like they're not ready. They're just not prepared. They don't know how to start, yeah. where to go, right? Um, maybe they just, they have it. It's kind of like a goal, right? Like we all set goals, but if we don't put like steps towards that goal, that goal will never be fulfilled. So I think it, that's kind of like the notion that I'm thinking about. So I always like to pick everybody's brain and really dig deep as to, oh, tell me more about that. That's like my famous kind of thing, right? Like, yeah, more. <laughs> exactly. And that works, right? But that opens up people and they, they think they have to think when you ask that question, or when you say, tell me more, they have to think a little bit deeper. And again, the conversations build the trust. Yeah. Right. So w with whoever it is in a position of seniority or um, uh, the word is escaping me right now, but if they have staff that they're working with and they feel like they can yell at staff, they just need to have a conversation with the person off, you know, where it's not in a stressful moment, grab a coffee together, grab lunch together find out about the person, what makes them tick, what's their background, what are their dreams, yeah. and then be a resource for the person, help the person, instead of looking at the person as a tool to get you your big case one or, you know, a commission check or whatever it is, right? It's just Absolutely. look at the person as a person. I always say this is really important when it comes to the interview process. So in the interview process, it's a lot of a facade. Right. Mm, so yeah. the hiring manager has a facade and the interviewee has a facade. And really, those facades need to be broken down in order for that relationship to actually flourish and actually be beneficial for both parties. Mm. You know, conversations such as you already know my skills, you already know my education, you already know my background. That's why I submitted a resume. What mm -hmm. you really want to know is what I'm going to bring to the table. What outside of that piece of paper can I offer? And here it is. Um, you know, conversations like that. Yeah, I'm about to go into my master's and I'm about, you know, my future goals and my my the reason why I want to work here is because I want to obtain certain amount of skills and certain about amount of experience so that I can grow my career and I can be a better person. I can be a better, you know, servant to the community. And that's why I'm getting my master's and this and that and blah, blah, blah. These are the conversations that should be happening in the interview process to see if you all are on the same page. Yeah. Because if it's a temporary thing, if you're just there because of a job and that's not what the hiring manager wants, well, you're already failing. Yeah. It's already going to create chaos and you're already going to walk out because you already have that temporary mindset. Yeah. Well, this is just a job. Yeah, well, great point. Right. You know? Well, so how, do. yeah. So now I've got a question for you. Um, <laughs> should that interview be a one way interview where the person is? Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. All I, right, talk to me. I think the hiring manager needs to set the scale, right? Because I feel like the interviewee is already coming in as being beneath them, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're like, I'm here for a job. I applied, right? So they're they're already coming in as like a servant, right? But mm -hmm. not in a good way. Yeah. And so the hiring manager needs to be like, today it's going to go a little different. 
I'm going to lead you with our expectation, our mission. I'm going to talk to you about what our company's about, how our environment is, how we cultivate that. And we're not going to just talk about health insurance. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about how we can pay for your continuing legal education if mm-hmm. you're certified within within you know the certain association. Um, we're going to talk about it if you're going to if you are interested in education. We have an educational credit. Whatever it is, creating that environment and creating that conversation really needs to come from the hiring manager. Because mm-hmm. what's happening is this person that's coming in is already kind of like shelled out, right? Yep. Yep. Unless it's me. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, own, I own whatever room. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, but a good point. So, you know, uh, people, I mean, interviewing, they need to find if the place is going to be a fit for them. I mean, I know the world is upside down right now with you know, hiring practices and people looking for work and not looking for work. I, you know, I don't have answers for all of that, but I do know that the person that's looking for the opportunity, the candidate needs to understand the culture and they need to ask good questions and not just take what's given them. They can ask, right. Some challenging questions and say, you know, you have some turnover. Why did the last person leave? Right. Why not ask that question? Yeah. And, uh, you know, what's the managing style like? Is it, you know, is it uh, constant? And we are, is there, is it deadline driven? Is it, you know, short tempered? Um, you know, are people patient with growth? You know, ask these questions because if you get the job and some, what some people say, well, it's, uh, you know, I took the job, I'll stick with it for a year. Well, that year, it's a year lost, right? What what are you doing? So another thing that I get, because I do it on the, on the back end as well for attorneys is, well, I need a paralegal that has five years of experience has, you know, a paralegal certificate is certified in the state of whatever, Mm -hmm. and this and that. And I'm like, so why? And Mm -hmm. they all look at me like, I'm like, what did you want the paralegal to do? within those five years? Are you looking for a paralegal that can litigate your files, that can run your files, that can do it at an administrative level, that can do everything, you know, give you the customer service, give you the caseload management, manage your time, your calendar, this, like anybody can have five, 10 years of experience, but what they did with that experience is what's what you want. Not, Not that they've worked in the industry for five years, you know, they could have started yep. as a receptionist, you know, and stayed as a receptionist for three of the five years. Totally. So it's like, why do you want five years of experience? What did you want them to take out of that paralegal studies program? And why them being certified is so important to you? Because I know really good paralegals that are not certified. Certification just means they can pass a test. Right. And I'm trying to dumbify certifications. I feel like they're super important and they have their place, but it's not a reason or a requirement to actually be a good paralegal. That that's yeah. different, right? Yeah. It's not like a lawyer. You need to pass the bar, the state <laughs> bar, to be a lawyer. You do not need to be certified to be a paralegal. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. So there's yeah. a difference between a good paralegal. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, I want a superstar. And I'm like, well, what is that? Right. <laughs> what yeah. is that superstar? Yeah. Is your you... version of a superstar and my version of a superstar quite different? 
Um, so, so I think, we need, like you said, I think we need to start asking the real questions. Mm -hmm. and sometimes, most often than not, and sorry for my beautiful attorneys out there, um, they don't know what they need. Yeah. That's the problem. And they yeah. think that a paralegal with five years of experience certified having all this is going to know. And unfortunately, that's not true. And they can be a superstar paralegal, meaning that they can carry a caseload like anything else. But that doesn't mean that that's what you need. Like a software, you know, people buy yeah. these like upscale softwares. Do you really need that software? Like, yeah. are we are we there yet? You know, are yeah. you need to spend that money right now. Um, same thing. So, well, that's like asking a simple question, like, what does that look like for you? For you. Right. Exactly. And Paint it's just me that picture, you know, right? Yeah. Meet me halfway. Tell me exactly yeah. what you need on a day from the time that they come into the office to the time that they leave. What exactly do you need? That's yeah. what you need to ask. And that's what needs to be highlighted. That's why I always say job descriptions, throw them out the door. They don't know anything. Yeah. They yeah. don't do anything. Yeah. Nothing. So interesting. So <laughs> all of these things that people get hung up over um yeah where i mean it's again it goes back down to the conversation and i'm going to bring it back to selling right it's selling yourself yes. but it's also the big part of a big part of sales is listening and asking questions right doing discovery is the same in the legal field right but the same is true in sales we have to and when you're a candidate for a job you have to do the discovery and when you're hiring, you have to discover about the other person. And what the assumption is, is that people are like us. They think like we do, that this person knows what I mean when I say superstar. And the answer is, no, we don't. <laughs> we don't know how you think. <laughs> We're all different. So it's great. I think it's the same thing. You know, we all... We all, um, I think Christy Wright was the one I used to listen to her podcast when she had her podcast, but Christy Wright is amazing. She talks about that. She talks, she gives a really laid back example about her and her husband going on vacation without the kids. And her version of the vacation was to just lay back, relax, because she has a very hectic schedule coming up. So she just wanted to sleep. Yeah. His version was having an excursion every day, you know, backpacking and hiking and doing everything. And she, you know, but they didn't talk about that, you know, before they went off on vacation. Right. And I feel like that is life in a nutshell. We it don't is. talk about it. You know, we don't talk about paint me. And, you know, that's where she came with, hey, tell me how, what that looks like for you. You know, I want to go on vacation. That's great. But what do you want to do on that vacation? Yeah. What does that vacation look like for you? So the same thing goes to sales, to job searching, <laughs> to hiring a client, to, you know, hiring a staff member, whatever. Whatever, yeah. whatever you're looking for, paint me that picture. Yeah. Tell me your world. Tell me what you're thinking. And then I can tell you what I'm thinking. And then maybe we can either meet in the middle or realize that it's not a good match. So you've got it down, Etta. You've got the sales things down. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. It was such a pleasure, Harry. I can literally talk to you all day. No way. Yes. This time has flown. Unfortunately, we can't. We are way over time, but I appreciate <laughs> your patience and listening and asking questions. It's been fun. <laughs> I love it. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Until justice is served, everybody. I'll be here. Bye.
decline in productivity, lack of motivation, or even high turnover at the law firm? This is probably because there is a lack of tools and training. Maybe you are seeking to enhance your skills and knowledge. Look no further than Edarosa LLC, your premier provider of law firm staff training services and legal education for all legal professionals. At Edarosa LLC, we understand the importance of continuous learning in the legal field. That's why we offer comprehensive training programs designed to empower your team with the latest legal insights and strategies. Edarosa speaks both lawyer and paralegal, which provides her with the edge you need to get your staff where they need to be. Whether you are looking to sharpen your skills, stay up to date on industry trends, Edarosa LLC has the resources you need to succeed. Our flexible training programs can be customized to fit your firm's unique needs and schedule, ensuring minimal disruption to your day-to-day operations. Say goodbye to outdated training methods and hello to cutting-edge legal education with Edarosa LLC. Contact us today to learn more about how we can help you and your firm thrive in today's ever-changing legal landscape. Click the link below and schedule your 15-minute chat today.